0: Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson. How's everyone doing? Wrapping up the week here. Uh, News is a little slow in case you don't realize it. This is one of the times of the year where all the area scouts are in the building. Everyone's kind of putting their pre-combine draft and free agency thoughts together. So there's a lot, not a lot of news. People are kind of in lockdown around the the, uh, the NFL right now, to some degree. Not like pre-draft war room stuff. But you know, the scouts are in and that kind of thing. So today, I want to highlight a couple positions in free agency and talk big ticket items. And I'm sure you're going, ooh, fun. Or you're saying, Steelers don't go get big ticket items. You're mostly right. Yeah, I mean, I, and a lot of these names will get franchised or extended before they even hit the market. So I'm not going to waste a lot of time on Chris Jones, you know what I mean, from the Chiefs. But um, I do think there's a handful of positions where they at least in the building as we speak now should be considering, should we put a substantial offer in for one of the top of the line free agents at their position? And I just wanted to highlight those names On offense, I don't think they would do that at receiver, at wide receiver. I I think in this draft class, you want to draft one. Deontay's contract's coming up. You know, you could space that out a little bit. And oh, by the way, Arthur Smith historically has not been an 11 personnel guy. So the receivers of note: T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. I think both those guys are going to return to their own teams. Mike Evans will not be for the Steelers. Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown. I would have some interest in if he would be under the radar, but I don't think receiver fits in terms of team you know team need fitting the uh, the market, so to speak i more thinking defense, but there's offensive tackle and center are the other spots I wanted to highlight here, too. Now, the top offensive tackles on the market are Tyron Smith from the Cowboys. I can't imagine he leaves there. But the two other names I have a little bit of interest in, Michael Onwenhu from the Patriots. They've moved him between right tackle and guard. He's been good at all. He's not the typical... 6'6", long arm tackle type, but he would be a big upgrade at right tackle, assuming Jones would be on the left side, and just leave him there. I mean, I would consider signing him a, a, a Wenwu. He's still young. I kill his name, by the way. He's still young. Um, He hasn't made a ton of money in this league. He won't be cheap, but he won't be crazy expensive. And then go th- you know, center market in the draft class. It is a great tackle draft, and you'd hate to ignore that, but you're going to spend some money somewhere. The other one's the other New England tackle, which is Trent Brown, who's a giant, and I don't know what he would want. He's played left. He's played right. Jones has played left. Jones has played right. You know that they want big, mashing, hulking guys. He's a little older, so I don't love that one, but I just wanted to make that name available to you guys. Um, those are the two that I would, like, kick the tires on. I assume you're sort of like me and excited about this center class, especially Powers Johnson from Oregon in the the first round for the Steelers. But can you count on that? I mean, I don't have a problem with keep Mason Cole on the roster, go into the draft with the thoughts of if we land one of the top two or three guys, great. If not, we'll kind of ignore center and live with Cole and draft a corner or whatever. But I also don't hate the idea of one of these four names giving money soon, upgrading its center and realize okay they're not Marquis Pouncey Jermani Dawson but they're good and they're you know it average or better starting centers. And the best name of that group and these names you'll be like, ugh, these aren't exciting." They're better players than than you'll think <laughs> to be honest with you. Denver's Lloyd Cushenberry. He keeps getting better and better and better. He's talented. He's good in protection. He would be the most expensive. But if he hits the market, I think you have to consider signing Cushionberry and just being done there and saying, well, it'd be great to have some of those dudes from the draft, but such is life. Andre James from Vegas is another game, another guy that keeps getting better. He's going to be a league average starting center, as is Tyler Biotish from Dallas another league average starting center, which is an upgrade over what they've played with. And then a really interesting name to me is Connor Williams from Miami. Now, Williams was a guard with the Cowboys, signed a one-year deal with Miami to be a center, and was really good. I mean, really good. Like fifth, sixth, seventh best center in the league. But then I think it's an ACL that he blew out in early December or maybe even late November. So, he probably isn't ready for minicamp. You know, you'd love to your doctors to get a hold of him, but you might also get him on a discount and maybe you live with Mason Cole for first month of the season or camp or, you know, whatever. But he would be an upgrade and Cole can also play guard. He could also play guard, but you would sign him to be your starting center preferably to like a two or three year deal although maybe at his state he would only want to sign a one-year deal because hey i'm not at my market peak at the moment but Connor williams from miami and lloyd Cushenberry from denver are both obvious upgrades that you could afford if you wanted to you know and these aren't crazy names Guys, Bet Online is your number one source for playoff odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, with dozens of odds, props, and info on hundreds of sports, events, politics, and entertainment, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime from desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action. BetOnline, the game starts here. Now, defensively, I think there's a better chance that they spend money on a starter, you know, an upper tier type starter. But as I keep telling you guys, that sounds great. And, you know, but you're old and expensive on defense. Do you want to get older and more expensive on defense? I'm not saying the answer is 100% no, but you have to be wary of it, you know, so... This is a little pie in the sky thinking for me, but I love defensive tackle types and I would consider, I'd at least have the conversation of a couple of these top guys, there's three of them, I think, that are clearly better than Ogunjobi and I'm not saying they should cut Ogunjobi, but I would in this instance if, I think I should have this in front of me, but I don't, but I'm close, Ogunjobi would save you around $9 million, from what I remember. And some of these guys are going to be like double that. I mean, big ticket items. So, I don't think Ogan Ogunjobi has to go. But if I can cut Ogan Ogunjobi, use that money plus another nine or ten and put a stud next to Cam and Benton in a draft class that kind of stinks at defensive tackle, I'm interested at least. Again, these aren't Steeler-like moves, but I'm having the conversation. I mentioned Chris Jones. He's the top of that list. No, he's going to be the highest paid defensive player in the league, give or take. That's not happening, Steeler fans. So, ignore that. But I really like Christian Wilkins with Miami. I mentioned Miami center. They have a lot of cap problems. They're going to have a hard time bringing their own guys back. He's not as long as usually defensive tackles around here are, but he's more like an Ogunjobi build. But he's double the player. Great leader. Only 27. Probably a $20 million player though, but boy, I mean, you talk about completing your defense and making your front seven elite and not have to worry about defensive tackle and a bad defensive tackle draft. Again, it's a little pie in the sky thinking, but I'm interested. Leonard Williams is a little too old for my taste, but at least you throw him out there. He's very similar to cam, but wonder what he would cost. DJ reader is another player coming off a serious injury. More of a nose for the Bengals, but a modern day nose. I mean, he rushes the passer, he pushes the pocket. Their numbers, not to a TJ Watt level, but the Bengals' numbers with and without Reader on the field are night and day. He has a ripple effect for all around him. I'd love to get a hold of him, you know, make Benton a little bit more of the cam type and Reader more the nose. You might get him cheaper at his current cost. Again, probably pie in the sky thinking. Grover Stewart is a really, really quality player, more of a run stuffer stuffer for Indy. Just wanted to throw that name out there, as well as Daquan Jones for the Bills. He's a little up in age, though. Um, The one that's really interesting to me, which, again, I think is probably outshooting the coverage here, is Justin Matabuke from the the Ravens. What a player he is. He has taken massive steps in the last year. I, I don't know how they can... I would think priority number one for the Ravens is keeping Matabuke. But they've got a lot of things on their plate, a lot of balls in the air. If he were to hit the open market at his age, he is a disruptive player. He's more of an upfield penetrator than they've historically looked for. But they're actually more in that mold now than you think. They don't sit there in two-gap like Aaron Smith and Brett Keisel anymore. So, those are names that, again, pie-in-the-sky thinking, but I'm interested in. One linebacker to mention – that's gonna be sort of top of the market. It's not gonna be like Tremaine Edmonds last year where he's making like 18 or 20 million a year. I think Frankie Louvu from the Panthers will probably be in that 10 to 12 range. He'd immediately be your best linebacker. He's ascending as well, coming off his first contract. That interests me. Um, I'd probably be more bargain shopping at linebacker, but That would have a ripple effect with Holcomb as your two, Roberts as your three. That sounds pretty exciting to me. Um, Corner somewhere where I think we'd love to see them go big. The problem is the two big dogs I don't think are going anywhere. And then there's kind of a huge drop off after uh, Jalen Johnson from the Bears and Jarius Sneed from the Chiefs. I don't know that either one of those teams lets those guys walk. They're going to be highly expensive. If you look at big corner contracts over the last 10, 15 years, it's such a volatile position that by the second or third year of it, a lot of times you're not thrilled. But these two players are coming off tremendous years. And that interests me quite a bit. If you could get a hold of either one, I almost hesitate to bring it up, though. I mean, I I don't think either one hits the market and they're going to be real expensive. And then the tier two guys don't really excite me that much. You know, Kendall Fuller and some of those Stephen Nelson returning, you know, Kenny Moore from the slots. okay, but it's not a great group. So you just look to the draft at corner. It is a really good corner draft that would help your youth in you know, inexpensiveness, you know, you're, you're spending on that side of the ball, but then you have two really young corners, which it looks like you could trust, but who knows? Um, so that's really it. Um, some of the safeties, I just don't think you're gonna spend a ton of money with Minka's contract on a safety. I think you can get a quality $4 million type starter upgrade guy. And I'm all for that. That position's great for that. We can talk about some of those different time, but I don't think you want to have the highest paid safety duo of all time. You know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me in terms of where you spend your money. So there are some names. Um, Again, this was uh, the pie in the sky introducing you to free agent contract, probably getting you more excited than I should, because the chances of any of these names ending up in black and gold are probably pretty light. And a lot of them aren't even going to leave their team. But or they're going to go to a team that has oceans of cap space. But I think, you know, while scouts are in and you're having these conversations, much like the fields trade or things like that, you have to at least explore every avenue. And the D-line one's the one that kind of has me a little excited, you know. And I'm so in love with these centers in this draft that I would hate to go into the draft not being able to really take one. But logic kind of tells me maybe you just take the bird in the hand there and then use a, ta- a first-round pick on a position like tackle that you can't really get in free agency. I mean, remember Omar's a economist, you know, like you buy centers and linebackers and safeties and guards in free agency. You draft tackles that you can't get that you don't want to go shopping for, you know. So that's my logic. I'm trying to put formulate my Steelers off-season plan as well. I do expect them to probably land Two free agents before the draft, you know, two starter types and some fill in the blank guys, I would think. I mean, I don't know if it'll be a big ticket item like we talked about or not, but something that'll be improve the team. So, all right, everyone have a great weekend. Take care.